Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Fuse Ignites. I am your host, Anthony Sturpey, and today we are going to have an episode called Fuse Ignites Creativity, and we're going to talk about one of the programs that is most mentioned in our district, which is the PAVE program and the art program in general at the high school. Uh, now, I am part of the PAVE program, but I decided to call in one of the OGs of that program, a teacher who has been teaching in it for a majority of her career, and that is Alexi Brock. And she is going to talk to you about the art program and the PAVE program, and we're going to have a great discussion about how, for the students in the high school, Fuse ignites creativity. So I'm going to go ahead and get Alexi on the phone. Hello, Alexi Brock. Hi, Anthony Sturpey. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So I said in my intro that uh, I am a PAVE teacher like you are a PAVE teacher, but you have been teaching in that program for a majority of your career. And because our discussion will also branch into some of the other areas of art, I thought that you could offer a unique perspective since you have a diversity of experiences in the art program. Uh, so could you tell us what school you teach at and what it is that you exactly do? So I am an art teacher at Nourisha High School. I've been there since 1991, so I'll be starting my 29th year. And I teach pay visual arts along with Gustie Bolton, Moira McCall, and I also do the studio art classes, and I also do the advanced drawing and painting classes. And how did you come to work at New Rochelle Public School? Um, well, that's kind of a funny story. I went to School of Visual Arts for my undergrad and graduated with a double major in art education and fine art in May of 91. And then I was going to take a year off and work and get married and then start grad school. And... I figured instead of going back into like art store retail, which I had done for years, I would substitute because I had this degree. And I put my resume in up the Westchester line from Mount Vernon, Pelham, Nourishell, Larchmont, up the way. I grew up in Pelham. And the middle of August, literally, I mailed it on a Friday and they called me on a Tuesday. And one of the art teachers had taken early retirement but, uh, because her husband became a dean of a college. And they called me and they said, could you come in for an interview? And I went in and on a Monday, and I got the job on Friday, and they gave me the keys, and they said school starts in four days. And I was 21 years old, and I was completely petrified. <laughs> so um, my mentor teacher, Adrian Garnett, who had been on the interview panel, was really sweet and called me and said, Do you remember me? I was on your interview panel. Would you like to have lunch with me? And I said, yes, please. And I had lunch with her that whole every day, that whole Labor Day weekend. And then she was so kind and met me in the parking lot and showed me where my classroom was and showed me where the bathroom was and introduced me to the principal. We didn't, this was 1991. And that summer they hired 75 people because they had offered a early retirement incentive. So they hired 75 people in the district that summer. And I think I was the last one because literally it was the end of August and they didn't have an orientation. And after that year, they said, they asked the 75 of us, like, what would have been a good thing on your first year? We all said some kind of orientation. <laughs> and so now I think they do like a three-day orientation. I had a great colleague with Adrian and Grace Frioli was there as well in my department at the time. She's since retired, as is uh, Dennis McGowan, also retired. But the three of them welcomed me and were really kind to me. So I had a... Not not a rocky start, but I was there every night till you know six o'clock, and I feel like I was one or two days ahead ahead of the kids like that whole year. 
I can oh. sympathize because uh, something I always tell people is that the first three years of any teaching job, whether you are new to the school or new to teaching, they are without a doubt some of the most difficult of your career. And uh, I, I always tell people for those first three years, you better be prepared uh, to every now and then uh, cry so I can sympathize. But it was exciting, you know, and um the kids were awesome, and I was only like four years older than some of them, you know, so that was interesting. But I was teaching art, and I was super passionate, and we had a really good time. The school was smaller. There was only four of us in the art department. Um, we're at eight right now. We were in the B-Wing in the old building. Now we have a new building. So I have to, you know, so the whole B-Wing at the time was art and business and home ec, which we actually had at the time, too. And um, everybody was just really great. And you are someone who has always been very passionate, as long as I've known you, about New Rochelle and about what, what you do. And you, uh, if you are not following Lexi on social media, she is always posting. You're always posting on a lot of the group sites that have to do with New Rochelle. Um, and I know that you're very proud uh, of the New Rochelle community. So for anyone who might need a pep talk about New Rochelle or just wants to hear why it's important that people invest in New Rochelle, what would you say? Um, I grew up in Pelham, which was a tiny school. I mean, it was very nice when I was there, but it, like, you know, I didn't know any different. It's just where I grew up. My husband's from New Rochelle. I uh, moved to New Rochelle when we got married. My son went to Webster and Albert Leonard. We then moved to Stanford about six years ago, but I love New Rochelle. I mean, I had 150 in my senior high school class, and I think I teach 150 a day now. So it's it's just, I think it's a slice of real life. It's a huge school. The kids can find something that they are passionate about, whether it be sports or the arts or music or, you know, astronomy or languages. I think there's what, over 50 clubs that we offer. I think every kid has like such an opportunity to find their niche, you know, and find their group of people that they want to hang out with. Plus, it's just like so multicultural. I think, I mean, just in my classes alone, we have, I think, 68 countries represented in the school. It's just, it's fantastic. I have so many seniors that come back to visit and they say how shocked they are when they go to college about how much more real world the, their high school was than their own college. I think because we're so close to New York City too, it's just a, it's just a fantastic place to be. I agree that our students go off to college better prepared or even go off to the workforce better prepared. Um, I, I think that the, the, the diversity, and it almost sounds cliche, like what you see in the classes is what you see in the real world, and that is not everybody's experience. And I think so I'm very lucky because in my classes, my, the students can take art pretty much any time between ninth and 12th grade. So even my studio classes, which are beginner, I can have ninth to 12th graders in it. So not only is it multicultural, but I have a wide array of learners. I'll have like AP scholars and special needs kids. I will have ninth through 12th graders. So it's like a real melting pot of a classroom. The kids are always really excited too. The fact that, you know, a freshman could be in a class with a senior. That's like unheard of in a core class. So it's just an interesting experience that way. And art, I think, kind of levels everybody out. Like, you know, everybody's in there to do their own thing and come up with their own result. And um, there's no, you know, no one's like the smartest in the class or the most talented in the class because everybody has their strengths, whether it's, you know, color or observation drawing or working three-dimensionally. So I think uh, it's an interesting experience that way. 
So this ties us into something that we talked about in the opening, because this episode is Fuse Ignites Creativity, and that is the PAVE program. And the PAVE program is a very popular program at the high school. Uh, could you talk a little bit about the PAVE program, what it is, and maybe even how it enhances the student experience? I think we're super lucky to have PAVE at Nourishell High School. Um, I think, first of all, Nourishell has one of the best arts programs in Westchester County. I don't think anybody else comes close. And the fact that we have the PAVE program and the kids can audition and be in this class, you know, in the, in the AM period and then double up during the day with another class in their discipline is, a, is an amazing experience. So the PAVE is offered in visual arts, vocal and instrumental music, dance, and acting, which includes theater and film. And I, again, I don't think any school in Westchester even offers all of that. So the kids can audition for PAVE anytime, really, because to be uh, to get the PAVE seal for your diploma, you need five credits of PAVE. So yes, we have a huge, we, we go to the eighth grade in both middle schools, and we do an orientation in February, and the kids have this big audition in March. And it is maybe, I'd say, 80 or 85% 8th graders that are trying out, but there also is 9th and 10th and even 11th graders that try out in all the disciplines because maybe once they got to the heist, they didn't think about it in 8th grade or they maybe came from a different school or they just didn't have the opportunity to take any of those courses until 9th or 10th grade and then they realize they want to immerse themselves in it more. That's, I think, another great thing about PAVE is that you do have time to decide to take it if you want to. You don't have to just do it you know, in 8th and 9th grade. And once they're in PAVE or they're in an art class, how do you think that shapes the high school experience? Well, I think, first of all, um, to be an artist, you know, some whether it's visual art or dancing or instrumental music or acting, I think being an artist expresses your thoughts and your emotions. I think ha um, expressing your perceptions, whether they're a real perception of the world or an imaginative, or imaginative perception of the world, whether it's through media or performance, is an amazing language to have. Um, the arts help motor skills. And I will say, like, it's so palpable for myself and the other art teachers, the last 10 years of the swipe generation, um, as much as I love my phone and my iPad, I think the arts also help motor skills in such a way. More, I think the kids need the fine motor skills more than ever. So that's something that I think our, cl our classes really help, along with your language skills, your social skills, risk-taking, decision-making, your idea of um, inventiveness and critical thinking. I think PAVE kids observe the world differently, and it challenges all levels of learners. And again, like whether you're acting or dancing or painting, I think having another expression really helps your communication with the world. You know, every, I think all the students are learning how to communicate daily, obviously, like verbally and through writing, but to have a, a, a more another creative side to do it or you know something that's nonverbal I think is really powerful I think you're right that in our classes there is something that allows us to have kids communicate in a very different way um, a lot of people might not know that you and I worked on an art project this year that involved many levels of pave my kids uh, presented your students with poems your students created pictures based on those poems uh, the older students starred in the movies that were inspired by those poems and and just 
some people forget the amount of project management that we teach. We teach a lot of project management to be able to accomplish what we did this year and create so much. Um, took a lot of planning and it forced the kids to look at how to approach and to deal with a project from beginning to end. And I think sometimes with the arts, people focus so much on what we hang up on the wall or what we show on a screen or what we put on a stage and they fail to recognize what we had to do with our students to be able to lead them through that process to begin to have them take ownership of that process to be able to finish that project and and I I also think it's in all of the art classes at New Rochelle High School. I wish there was more project-based learning. I think the students are always the most successful when we do do project-based learning like you said because it does go over a long time period and it's not like, oh, it's three months and we're doing the same thing. I mean, there's steps, like you said. There's steps of planning and steps of, um, you know, dealing out responsibilities and then projects and then working on them and then having, like, maybe a midway point and, like, a, a critique about it and seeing, like, what was successful and what wasn't and where things can grow in a different direction. And The best thing I always say to my, my art students is that, you know, the, the number one thing about having a critique, especially midway through a project, is that you have, you know, 20 different brains giving you ideas and the, the best thing to do as an artist is to steal ideas from each other and steal technique from each other and learn from each other that way and I'm saying stealing in all the best in all the best way where you're inspiring and you know taking something from another person in a way to like enhance your thing and I think you know 20 brains are always better than one but then how do you take that person's like idea or comment that they made and like turn it into something that you're going to do I think is really um, you know is, is how projects happen it's how things are invented in the world right I mean every medicine or clothing design is never just done by one person it's always a team effort nobody's doing anything in a vacuum in this on this planet and what is great about our school is you don't have to be in PAVE to be able to have these experiences. So many of the classes that are offered through our arts program address the issues that you are talking about and provide the experiences that you are talking about. And I think that sometimes that's the misconception is that you have to be in PAVE to experience something like this. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to be in PAVE to have an amazing art experience at Nourisha High School. We have eight teachers. We offer ceramics, sculpture, photography, graphic design, drawing and painting. We offer three different APs. There's AP drawing and then there's AP 2D and AP 3D. So you could go through your entire four years of Nourishell and never do PAVE and have an amazing arts experience. Doing PAVE is yet another thing. It's having this AM period and then being able to double up during the day. So I think, you know, of course, like having two courses is better than one, right? But I mean, there's a lot of students that go through the arts program all the way through AP and they're taking maybe science research in the AM period or they're taking yoga or gym in the AM period or, so, or lifeguarding or something. So, you know, you can have an amazing arts experience and not be part of PAVE. That's, that's completely available. And then also there's ninth graders that never thought about PAVE and then after ninth or 10th grade taking studio art or even taking an elective in 10th grade, they go, you know, I really want to do more of this. And they can audition for PAVE as ninth, 10th or 11th graders because they still 
have an opportunity to get those five credits to complete the pay requirement. I think this is also a good moment to bring up the fact that I know that sometimes we get in these discussions about equity of experience in the high school. And I participated in the program. I really think that the PAVE program and the arts program, I think we do a really good job of reaching out to a lot of populations. I think a lot of the complaints that sometimes come up, it actually has to do with funding in the elementary and in the middle schools. I don't think we are supporting our arts programs on those lower levels the way that we used to be supporting those programs. We're not investing as we change and as we grow our community. We're not investing in those programs. And what parents are really experiencing is the lack of opportunity that we are providing as a district in those lower levels. So we're not feeding the programs in the high school in the same exact ways. I, I mean, like I said, our PAVE is offered in visual arts vocal and instrumental music, dance, and acting. And those, the amount of hours that the students, of contact time that the students get in all those subjects in the elementary schools, like I said, I'm starting my 29th year, has been drastically cut in the last three decades. And I think it's so important for kids starting in kindergarten to have exposure to art and music and instruments and dancing and, and acting and you know, you know, for some kids, the only exposure they have is through public school. You know, it might not be through their family or through their neighborhood. Not everybody gets to take a dance class or pick up an instrument um, or even have access to paint or clay the way they can in elementary school. So it's so important to start at that young age, just like I think it's important to start language at a young age because, you know, kids are just little sponges from, you know, kindergarten, first, second, and third grade. And all that early enrichment is so important. And then to follow it through in the middle schools and then to follow it through in the high school. I mean, it's a big snow, you know, coming to the high school and getting into PAVE in all the disciplines is a snowball effect of what they were exposed to K through eight. I, I agree, absolutely. And I think when we look at the high school, I think it's a very diverse program. I do think that some kids come late to the program because they don't have that ex same exposure on a lower level. But I think that really the arts in general at our school are very diverse and really do a great job of reaching a lot of different students. Oh yeah, no, my PAVE classes historically have been very multicultural, um, multi-ethnic. I think, I also, like I said, I have ninth through twelfth uh, graders in the course. I have AP scholars. I have students that um, have learning disabilities of different levels. I mean, that has nothing to do with it when it comes to the arts. So you said, and I still can't believe it, that you've been there for 29 years. Um, as uh, you see our district continue to change and grow, what is something that you would like to see for our students? Um, I would love to see less, more, more project-based learning and less standardized tests, if that's possible. I think, like I said, in my 29 years, you know, the, the state regents requirements have changed. It used to be more of the students will state you, you finish more of your required courses by 10th grade and 11th and 12th grade. We're really open to a lot more elective choices for the students and they really got to explore things before they went off to college. And now with the new region standards, they're taking like every course for four straight years and they have to take regents in every course. And I'm not saying that's not a, a good thing to take a regents in every course, but it just, it, it, it limits, I think, the amount of electives that um, 
students can take. So, I mean, I think programs like PAVE and programs like WISE, where students um, have more self-directed learning and choose things that they're, uh, they have interest in, I think are so, so, so important. Um, and I wish we could maybe change some state requirements and go back to those times where there was way less tests. I think uh, the students have so much stress on them, and it's always like tests and tests and tests. And you can't measure how what courses like WISE and PAVE do for students. You can't measure critical thinking. You know, it's all these standardized tests, it's like a right and a wrong answer. And when it comes to life, there's no such thing as a right and a wrong answer. I mean, everything that's invented is because people, like, try, try again, right? I mean, like, literally, I was just reading this article about this 16-year-old boy that um, found this test for pancreatic cancer. And it literally said in the article that he had 4,000 tries before he found this marker in some genome or some enzyme marker that he needed to find. 4,000 failures before he found this. And I mean, if, I mean, if you, someone fails something 4,000 times, I mean, that's like, but this kid is finding this pancreatic cancer marker for, te for early detection. I think that's fantastic. So failure is a good thing sometimes, isn't it? So uh, yeah. these standardized tests, they bother me because it's teaching kids that there's a right and a wrong, and, they're te and it's teaching students that, you know, failure is a bad thing or that, or, or trying something or trying A, B, and C, and then jumping over to J is a bad thing, you know, and I think that's, so important is how we we find answers to things in in life you know so i i'm going to reveal something to our podcast audience that they may not know i was not a great student in high school and i almost did not make it through graduation because of the regents exams and the end and having to pass those and you know me we've worked together i'm a very logical person i'm a very good project manager i'm very methodical um, i have a lot of organization skills but test taking that was just not my thing and in high school a lot of my memories my formative memories had to do with those long-term projects that I engaged in and projects that people worked on me with to get me through the high school experience. And, you know, I just have a lot of problem. You want to teach kids. I get the argument is we my kid needs to know how to take a test. Well, I'll come up with a test taking course and it will probably be more interesting and more valuable than the tests that you're having them take now. I mean, having them take these high stake tests that are so attached to their self-esteem and then get in the way of what they think learning is. I, I just uh, that that I, bothers I, I me. I say to my students all the time, like I graduated with a double major from college and I was gonna I had actually applied like literally in April of my senior year people were my, like classmates were saying are you going to grad school and I was like well I wasn't thinking about it like maybe I was gonna take a year off and um, they were like oh no you should apply you should apply and one of my painting mentors was like oh I know somebody at Hunter you should apply to Hunter so I like took these really terrible terrible slides and sent them in last minute and then was like half hour late because the subway broke down to my interview and it was pouring rain and I was soaking wet and I had a terrible interview and I didn't get into grad school. And I wasn't really that upset because it was kind of like a rushed job anyway. But because I didn't get into grad school, I applied for this job and I've been here ever since. I mean, of course, I went to grad school at night while I've had this job. So I have gotten my graduate degree and, and many credits past that. But, you know, it's Things, sometimes things happen for a reason. It wasn't meant to be to go to school right away. Maybe I was meant to be to have this job. Or when I was in high school, you had a regents diploma or a local diploma. And all my friends that got local diplomas 
you know, they were, they became mechanics and, and plumbers and electricians and I, I don't know, like other jobs that you didn't need a Regents diploma for. And they're wonderful functioning people in society. Like, like some people can do kind of repetitive things. I'm not one of those people. Yeah, I, I am a big fan of the trades. And I, I know like some people have jobs that where they can just do a repetitive thing. But even that, even if they can do the repetitive things, it doesn't mean that they can pass the test. Again, we, we place so much measurement on coloring in these little bubbles. That's absolutely true. Absolutely true. I wish we could go back to regions and regular diplomas. And I think, you know, a local diploma is fine. You know, I think uh, you should go on and I mean, there used to be, you know, when I was in high school, this thing, you know, people interned or people were assistants, you know, and, and, and they went in and, and or were, um, you know, like apprentices and things. And I think people would have a lot more excitement if they could start apprenticing at 16 and 17 um, in some job that they might have an interest in. I think that's the one inter- that's the one great thing about WISE is the WISE program allows students to have that opportunity to kind of have an internship or an apprenticeship in high school and to see if they really do want to work in a law firm or an architecture firm or in a hospital or, you know, something like that. I think a lot of the students that go through WISE, I think, always end up having a wonderful experience. So speaking of wonderful experiences, what is your three-word hope for this school year? My three-word hope for the school. So I was thinking about that. So the first one would be empathy. I think we really need to listen and be kind to each other, and not just within our school. I think nationally and globally. I think there's never been a more palpable time where empathy is so needed. Um, The second one would be creativity. Um, I think I love the fact that my students could come into my class and feel free to express themselves in different media. I think it would be great if the students could feel creative in all their classes. I think to walk into, you know, an English class or science class and feel the freedom to be creative and make a mistake and not have that be a bad thing, I think is super important. And I think the last word would be fun. I think to wake up and be happy to go to school is the most important thing. I say that to my students all the time, like, you know, when it comes to, 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 I wake up every day and I'm happy to go to my job. And I think everybody knows someone that loves their job and everybody knows someone that doesn't like their job. And I think the worst thing is to like wake up and go to school or go to your job and not be happy every day. You know, it's like I'm always excited to start and start something fresh. And I think that is a perfect place to end. Um, I want to thank you, Alexi Brock, for being on our podcast today. I think we really explored so many different concepts and we showed how Fuse truly does ignite creativity and that it is never too late to join PAVE, but there's also a really rich arts program at New Rochelle High School. Just remember, we have to fund that program from the very beginning so those elementary programs and those middle school programs Make sure that you're advocating for them because I really think that that, those are the places where we want to get students so that they feed into what's available at New Rochelle High School. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening, and I'll see you next time on the next episode of Fuse Ignites.